This episode of The Lovely Craftians includes depictions of drowning and is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's the wind you notice first, rushing past your ears on its way elsewhere. Long rolling waves come next, waves in slow motion, lapping at your ankles, but there's no sand under your feet. As the crest of the waves runs its spine from your toes to your heels and off into the distance behind you, a hiss of a word blurs by on the wind. Uh, roll a listen check for me and let's see if you can figure out what it'd be. Well, it's uh, it's for the best because we can't level up your listen ever again because your listen score is 69, so... <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Alright, it just gets lost in the sound of these waves and in the breeze as it blows by. You open your eyes to a short horizon. A wall of swirling mist cuts off the expanse of gray sea maybe 20 feet in front of you. A languid, fluid shadow sneaks through the mist. As soon as your eyes settle on one of the shadows, another moves further beyond, and another, and another, until the mist rides around you, the whispers growing louder on the wind. Roll a sense check for me. Cotton flab it. <laughs> a new shadow forms on the tail of one of the tendrils, a cloaked, hooded figure, an adult. They pause in front of you, looking at you, before being pulled away through the fog. The voices crescendo as more cloaked figures float and swirl around you. Cold brine rushes around your ribs, the tide pulling at you, moving you as no more than a thread of seaweed caught in the crush. A great swell rises in the distance, pushing the skirting of mist on the horizon up and up and up. The figures in the mist cry out, raising their arms to the rising wave as salt water floods your tongue. A familiar voice calls your name, begging you to stay, but the sound is quickly muffled by the tide. Dark water swallows you whole and spits you out again on your bedroom floor. Casey! Casey! You feel slaps on your cheeks. Gentle slaps, but slaps nonetheless. We need to roll a constitution now, though. Oh, nice. Finally. <laughs> your chest throbs with pain. Your lungs ache as you suck in every precious breath. Your throat is raw from heaving up seawater. You're drenched, along with the rug underneath you. And you can feel your mom's arms wrap around you as she sobs into your at the top of your very wet head. In the background, you can hear your father. Oh, thank God. It's all right, sweetheart. We've got you. Mom? What? What's wrong? What's going on? Blue and red lights flicker across your bedroom wall as your parents hold you just a hair too tight. More liquid seems hardly the answer, but the hot cocoa is almost as comforting as the heavy blanket draped around your shoulders. Your mother sits beside you, refusing to leave your side as your father speaks with the paramedics on the front porch. Astral Odyssey plays on the tablet, and that helps too. Uh, what episode are you watching? 
Um, I am watching the episode where Commander Waffles has to go to the ice cream planet to rescue the Sunday princess from <laughs> the burning cookie monsters. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No. These are like the hot gooey cookies and, mm. you know, ice cream and hot gooey cookies don't go well together. I mean, they go together great, but not but for living. For the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Roll a listen for me. Oh, extreme. Extreme, extreme <laughs> success. That the front door closes and you hear footsteps walk up and your attention is still on Astral Odyssey, but you're doing that thing where you're like pretending not to listen or pay attention, but you're listening pretty intently. Mm-hmm. What'd they say? Her sternum is cracked. She'll need x-rays. We need to watch for pneumonia, too, though she seems to have coughed most of it up. Maybe we should... Should what? Take her in so a doctor can report her? We may as well drop her off at the Foundation ourselves. That's not what I meant. They don't have to know how it happened, but we should get her checked out. Any doctor worth anything would ask, and what are we supposed to say? If we lie, we're negligent, and they take her away. If we tell the truth... We have to do something, Quinn. This is getting worse. I'm gonna put the hot cocoa down on the table and kind of like glance over at them. Mom, Dad, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. I, I know, sweetie. I... You know how grown-ups are always supposed to have the answer? Well, I don't know if we do have the answer this time, and we're just trying to figure out what's best for you. But you guys always know everything. You guys know, like, a lot. So, I don't know. You guys should... Then she kind of, like, scratches her head and looks down. I... You guys know almost everything. Is I didn't even know there were things that you guys didn't know. Like, you even know when I go into, like, the cookie jar and you're all the way on the other side of the house and then I turn around and you're there. Okay. <laughs> I'm, now I get to roll resilience for your mother. <laughs> Quinn starts tearing up a bit as she looks at you as you're saying this. And your dad pats her on the leg just because we don't know right now doesn't mean we're not going to figure it out together that's what we do right kiddo yeah you guys always figure everything out and you always know everything well i hope you don't always know everything i did kind of like bury half of the silverware in the backyard the other day thinking that it would attract aliens wait oh i said that out loud didn't i she kind of like covers her mouth and looks up at them (laughs) apparently that was enough uh quinn bursts into tears um but she's kind of like like laughing through it casey's gonna like reach over and kind of like pat her mom on the face and like kind of like try to wipe the tears away from her face she's like don't cry mom everything's gonna be okay i know sweetie i i know it will be do you think you could 
you think you can get back to sleep tonight? Um, and she kind of like nervously looks down, looks at the tablet, and then looks back at her parents. Um, I I mean I can try, but uh, if um, will will you guys stay with me this time? I don't I don't want to go back to sleep by myself. No, I don't think you're gonna be sleeping alone for quite a while. We're just gonna have sleepovers. <gasps> Infinite sleepovers? Yeah. We'll break out the air mattress while I'll sleep in the living room. It'll be nice. <sighs> yes, and she kinda like does like a little half fist pump into the air as she stands up and then goes to hug her dad. It's more of a group hug because as soon as you hug your dad, your mom jumps in and grabs both of you. It's probably a bit too tight of a hug, but it's not unwelcome. We need that hug right now. And after a bit, you guys finally peel apart from one another and go get set up in the living room. And that becomes sort of the routine for the next couple of days, sleeping in the living room. Uh, anytime your dreams start getting a little too deep or you sleep a little bit too deeply, one of them wakes you up. So you're pretty tired by the end of it. Like you have been sleeping, but it's like how you would sleep in a hospital with someone constantly checking on you. Mm. Um, not to mention your sternum is cracked from CPR and your lungs are, they're not bruised necessarily, but they are sore. It's almost, it feels almost like you were in a car accident. Mm. And you're just sort of getting back into it. But as we said, you're you're a kid, so you bounce back fairly quickly. You can't run around the yard or climb the trees like you used to yet, but you're feeling okay-ish. Why don't you roll your luck for me? Ooh. God damn. Nice. <laughs> it's either a fail or an extreme success tonight. <laughs> There's right? no, no in between. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite, like, vantage point in the front of your house that you would, like, hide out in that maybe someone wouldn't necessarily see you immediately? Uh, yeah. There's, like, a, a tree in the front, but it's kind of like one of those, like, old willow trees. Not too big, but, like, kind of, like, medium size that you see in the park sometimes. And then there's, um, my dad had built some, like, like ladder steps going up into it so that I can hang out in there because in the middle there's kind of like a little hollow that was big enough for me to sit in in the tree and I have like random like secret like stashes in there like half a waffle some like <laughs> a <laughs> bag of like gummy bears don't get to those <laughs> yeah and then like a small little uh um <clears throat> a sm and then set up on one of the branches that my dad helped tie it up was like um I forget, a telescope so that I can, like, look at the stars and stuff at night. Man, that tree sounds dope as hell. Right? <laughs> Family is best, man! <laughs> Alright, so you've managed, despite your injuries, to crawl up there. And uh, if your mom saw you doing that, she would blow her stack. But, luckily, you scurried on up. No one saw you doing it. Um, it's the middle of the day. So everyone's sort of busy working, but also hover parents, given your recent nightmares. So you're sitting in your tree when you hear a car pull up and 
a door opens and slams shut. And you can see from your vantage point the front sidewalk and your Uncle Jackson, who very rarely comes around, is walking up the front drive. Oh my gosh. Uncle Jackson! Uncle Jackson, Jack! Hey, my little star. Hey, what are you doing? Does your mom know you're up there in that tree? And she does like a half, like, she's like marching towards him and she like freezes in the half pose, looks back at the tree and looks at him. Shh, don't tell her. She's gonna flip her lid. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't need to be on your mom's shit list, so we're just gonna keep this to ourselves. What are you doing here? Well, I came to visit you. I've heard about the troubles you've been having. Yeah, I can't sleep alone at night anymore. Here, let's go talk about it. Your parents can wait. Casey walks over and then like takes his hand and smiles up at him. Is there like a an on-ground sort of secret space? Or at least like off the view of the front porch? <laughs> um, There is like a small little gazebo by the garden. Lovely. That's also kind of covered by the wisteria tree leaves. Man, I want this yard real bad. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like kind of half describing like my dream <laughs> yard right now. <laughs> All right, you two go sit in the gazebo and he's got a rucksack with him that seems to be his only luggage currently. So tell me what's been going on. I've heard you've been having some dreams. Uh, um, well, I don't know. I guess they kind of started where sometimes I'd go to sleep and then all of a sudden I'd wake up screaming. But then the dreams just started getting worse and worse and she kind of like fiddles with like, um, there's like she has like a hole in her overalls and she kind of fiddles with the hole as she starts rem remembering the dreams. And I don't, they're just, they're getting scarier. The last one was the scariest one. I was... I don't remember where I was, and there were these shadow things, and they started calling my name, and then the water came, and I don't really remember much, it's just that I woke up, and then mom was crying, and my chest hurt. This only happens when you dream, right? You don't blink and find yourself somewhere else when you're awake. No. I didn't even know that was possible. No, that's that's a good thing. That's uh, that's good. We don't want you blinking around. That that could be really scary. So, uh, your parents didn't tell you anything about what happened while you were dreaming. Uh uh. All right, Casey. If I tell you, I need two things from you. Okay. She like turns around and looks up him. Uh, I can try. Yeah, two things. Sure. I need you to not tell your parents what I told you. And listen, it's not that they want to keep secrets from you. It's just they don't really know what's going on, what to do. And they don't want to scare you, you know. Okay. Okay, second thing. I need you to be the brave kid that I know you are. Because I just saw you crawl down from a tree with a cracked sternum without your mom's permission. And that takes guts, okay? She kind of like looks off to the side and it's just like, feels like a little bit guilty. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not being reproachful. He's like, it's kind of <laughs> no, typical he... uncle teasing shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can do those two things. All right. Your dad called me yesterday and told me what happened the night you had your dream. He said it started with you screaming, which is normal for night terrors. I think that's what they thought you were having until last night. When he went into your bedroom, though, to check on you, he said you were drowning and covered in salt water. Casey, what what that means is that whatever you were dreaming, in part, was coming true. Casey looks kind of confused. But how can what you dream be real? Isn't that why dreams are dreams? They're not real. Usually, yeah. But some people are gifted. You know in how in some of those cartoons, kids get superpowers? Yeah. Sometimes people have superpowers too. So wait, we can have superpowers in real life? Part of my job is tracking down things that have superpowers. And she kind of, like, looks up at him, like, you know, like, that little kid's sparkly eyes stare, <laughs> like, you were the most amazing thing in this entire world to me right now. <laughs> is, um, oh, wait, no, X-Men. Is is it X-Men in this dimension? Uh, knock off X-Men. We have, uh, instead of Marvel, it's Sparvel. <laughs> uh, we can call them Y-Men. <laughs> So I guess it was just like, he'd be like, um, Professor Xavier is now Professor Savior. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Love it. <laughs> and she looks up at him. She's like, oh, so Uncle Jack, you're like Professor Savior from like Sparvel? <laughs> just with more hair. Yeah, you do have a lot more hair. Listen, your mom doesn't always agree with what I do for my job. Because my job is to bring these superpowers in to study them, analyze them, and make sure they're safe. But listen, I don't I don't want to take you from your home. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to help us find a solution. You think you can stop the nightmares? I think we can find a way to protect you from them, for sure. I promise. Uh, roll a listen for me. Oh my Shit. god. <laughs> uh, okay, you're a kid, I'll allow you to do that at advantage, because kids are just hyper. Jesus oh, Christ. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right. You hear a small meowing sound coming from his bag. Um, Uncle Jack, I don't want to alarm you, but I think your bag is meowing. Mom, look what Uncle Jackson brought me. What did Uncle Jack... uh, Kitten, how sweet of him. <gasps> and, and look, look, look. 
and a hamster. That's an interesting pairing. Can we keep them? Oh, I I don't know, sweetie. We'll have to... Oh, please, Mom. He says they'll help with my dreams. Does he now? <sighs> nice to see you too, Quinn. Well, what have we got here? Foyer reunion? <gasps> Dad! Uncle Jackson brought me pets to help with my dreams, see? That was awful nice of him. Why don't you take them up to your room? Jacob! And get them settled. Show them their new home. <gasps> okay! So, I'm curious, uh, if I hadn't been walking by, at what point were you going to tell me about the furry abominations you invited into our home? Quinn, they're not abominations. No? What reality did they come from? You know I'm not going to tell you that. Come on, guys, this isn't- Great! Can you at least tell me the side effects of owning these things? Or do we get to wake up one night to them eating our guts? They won't need to. You'll give them your bile verbally. Enough! Look! I know I should have told you. And I'm sorry for that. Yes, you should have. I didn't want the Foundation involved, and now we're housing their poachings? They weren't poached, they were rescued. And as far as the Foundation knows, all of the animals from that ring were released into their natural environments. So we're the smugglers now. What choice do we have? Seriously, what other options are there? None of the doctors or specialists we've been to had answers. There's nothing physically or neurologically wrong, thank God. We cut back on sugar. We stopped the screen time hours before bed. Nothing worked. The last one almost killed her. So we jumped to giving her monsters? Why is that the play? Because the alternative is handing her over to the Judge Foundation. And I'd rather have the monsters where I can see them. No offense, Jack. Some taken. Look, I know you may not trust me or my job, but I would never put Casey in harm's way. They're a pair for a reason. They'll keep each other in check. What even are they? You wouldn't be able to pronounce their names. Not their proper ones, anyway. What's important is that they stay together. Why? The cat will soften her dreams, help her to forget them, and the hamster will protect her at all costs. I don't understand. Why are they a pair? Because <sighs> without the hamster, the cat won't stop at her dreams. Hang no, on, no, wait. no, 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 absolutely not. I know, I know, but together they work. She's shielded from the dreams, and she's safe from just about anything else that would ever threaten her. That's all I... That's all we want, isn't it? I don't like this. I know. But it's better than her ending up at the Foundation. The Lovely Craftians is brought to you by Wampus House Productions and the Penwich Studio Network. We couldn't have made this episode without the help of the incomparable Seth Mann and Adam Goudreau as Jacob and Jackson. You can find them anytime over on the Cheaper by the Dungeon podcast. They're great folks who make a wonderful show, so definitely go follow them, give them a listen, and leave them a nice review. Need some more info? Take it away, cheapskates. Hey, everybody. You want a new D&D 5th Edition podcast to listen to? <laughs> well, I know I'm always looking for one. So guess what? I've got a recommendation for you. It's called Cheaper by the Dungeon. It's a Dungeons & Dragons campaign 
following the adventures of Zippy, Darian, and Normandy as they travel to become the greatest treasure hunters of all time. We've got some hardcore action. That's Five, 18 damage, 18 damage, four, 18 damage. Three, you come through with an 18 damage, you're swinging another a another swing. Another swing, that's another seven, it's 17 damage. Two, 17 damage, seven, 17 damage. Comedy, right? So you wanna, you wanna bet on your friends? What do you wanna bet? Uh, they're very lives, I think. As high as it goes. Oh, I'm, I'm ready to win Okay. And even some dramatic moments. You have chosen the path you've sown. Now travel to the depths alone. And I, with Royce, I grab him and I throw him over the edge. But most of all, this show is filled to the brim with heart. And we hope that you come and join our adventure and become a cheapskate yourself. Catch Cheaper by the Dungeon anywhere you get your podcasts. Check us out. Love you. All right, yeah, we did it. More treasure. I've got to find it. It's mine. Darian, Zippy, that was, that was so good. Wow. Oh, I'm, I'm amazed. Yeah.